Welcome to Survival Kit for the Mental. I'm your host, San Canesa, squeezing your mind and gut tightly from Central America. I'm a painter, artist, noisemaker, mover, shaker, dancer, bipolar, queer mushroom. Mm. I want to welcome you to the space taking a breath into this third episode where we're going to explore the sediments of the mental in attempting to make sense of it all. Together, maybe, just maybe, we will create a survival kit to endure these times and ourselves, body, mind, yeah. As we navigate creating a space where we talk about mental health and the arts. And today I want to start this time together with gratitude for community. Gratitude for the spaces that we have available to walk in as we are, whether that's your house, whether that's a cup of tea with a friend, whether that's a hug with a family member, a meeting, physical or online, gratitude for the conversations, that sharing which takes you further into yourself, further into love, further into self-acceptance and self-awareness. Love, baby. What a concept. What a feeling. What a state. What a habit. What a practice. Wow. This week I've felt a lot of resistance. I've been accompanied by a spiral swing, party hoot, trance dance of mood swings. From the fact that I was on antibiotics and it's been a really long time since I've taken them because I had this like laryngitis pus in my throat thing to, you know, experiencing my female cycles to experiencing my mood swings, period. So in one day there is a vastness of all kinds of opinions and beliefs. So I've resisted. I've resisted once again, sitting down to share this moment with you. And what keeps me coming is the few of my dear, soulful, sweetheart, nugget comrades who say, this is great. Thank you. That was awesome. I laughed. 
I enjoyed it. So what keeps me here is how good it feels to give and have someone receive it. And so I'm really coming to you with this deep sense of community. Even if most of my community is cyber. I'm living in El Salvador and not that I didn't grow up here and know a bunch of people because this is a small town and I do. But I'm kind of a hermit. And I tend to isolate. Realizing that I tend to isolate because people make me uncomfortable. I am afraid of people. Not that I'm like panicked by them most of the time, but I've noticed how I resist getting very close or being vulnerable or admitting my insecurities, admitting how anxious it makes me to share how when I'm around people, I'm not quite sure who I am. When I'm around people, I lose the identity I create for myself, which I have in isolation, which is a full spectrum of, you know, artist, mentally ill, lover, hater, the whole dance of the extremes, which I love and am now looking for balance, equivalence. And so I realized that this kind of physically, which is a physical sensation at times and a emotional sensation in other times, I'm constantly trying to protect myself from people as if something was taken from me at some point in my childhood and I never want to have anyone take from me again. Or around just not feeling accepted and rather not accept others for what they are before I confirm that they don't accept me which has made me a very blind person, which has made me a person who up to today has not asked the right questions or any questions. I've been someone that has made assumptions, all for protection, all based on fear, all based on the angst of not being accepted and loved. And this is a very interesting road into the subject of this episode, which is triggers. Tigers. Tigers. Because speaking about mood swings... 
in this self-inquiry awareness week where I have applied the concept and practice of RAIN. I don't know if you know it, but it's, it's this terminology used in mindfulness where R stands for recognize, A is for allow, I is for investigate, and N is for non-identity. So this week I've <clears throat> been using this tool of rain, like the rain stick. And so it's been exhausting, and my life is exhausting, so nothing new because of my mind. Um, that every time I felt triggered or anxious or pissed or let's say this heat, this, this, this inner heat. When it occurred, let's say I was having a conversation in my family lunch table and I've been pissed at the fact that people ask me the same question every day. How's your business going? How's the paintings? What Did you sell something today? And what are you going to do to sell more? And <laughs> I'm not in the mood right now. To give you a little premise, currently I feel like a cultural failure because my business is a little bit on halt. I'm creating inventory. I'm not in the place of selling. I need to stock up. And I took a little, a few detours, which extended the deadline. And as I'm trying to be very present with my making and researching and doing what I have to with my selling, I cannot stand that question. And so very simple, right? It's just a question, but it brings up in me the fact that I feel like a cultural failure. So I burn. My stomach starts, you know, pushing bad gas and my mouth dries and I don't want to eat anymore or maybe I just want to stuff my entire face and I want to grab the fork and poke their eyes out. But I just sit there, right, doing this rain thing, breathing, and I cannot believe it. So that comes to an end, and I, as my survival, just nod and pretend with silence and bickering stink that I am too good for this conversation and can't handle the repetitiveness of their own little mindlessness existence, God, and I sit with why that upset me so much. And I already gave you the key, but at the moment, I didn't understand beforehand that it was because I felt like a cultural failure that that conversation was heating my soul. It gave me some freedom to understand why I felt that way. I don't know if it'll change. Maybe I'll breathe a little bit more next time. And maybe I'll just grab the fork and poke their eyes out. 
and yet they don't matter. The key of this was that I feel like a cultural failure. And so, yeah. So, with this cultural failure narrative, which applies to a lot of my mood swings and identity right now, especially with the bipolar umbrella, and the up and down narrative of who I am and what I can do and what I cannot do, whether if that's because of limiting beliefs or it's because of my yet still to self-accept, discover, and comprehend self. I feel like that a lot of the times and I react negatively to people because of that feeling and I push away people because of that feeling because in my mind why would anyone want to be with a cultural failure? So this is juice. This is juice because... I'm not even sad about this. I feel very proud to share this with you. I feel kind of relieved. I wouldn't have accepted that four months ago. I would have been like, what? That is not how I feel. And so this RAIN tool is really helping me with triggers. In continuing to explore how people make me anxious or how I'm realizing that I'm socially awkward or have a hard time connecting with people, um, I found myself facing little moments. Today, it was hilarious. I I live in this building and I was headed downstairs, 18th floor, going to the second floor, and there was this pause, right? I hate when the elevator pauses and I'm going to the gym because it means another human being is going to enter the elevator. And I don't know if y'all relate, but I hate it. I hate every time I'm in an elevator and it pauses for other people to come in it. I'm so happy when I'm just there alone. I feel like I'm in my world. I'm on the go. I have a mission. And then all of a sudden, boom, someone else comes in. And I found it the perfect analogy to how I live. I'm so comfortable when there's no one around. But as soon as someone comes in, I'm like, (gasps) freeze, hide, put your uh, pen away and um, mm, uh, mm, put on your underwear, literally. And I'm wearing them. It's a very strange strange thing I always thought that they were strange and that's how I felt that's why I felt like something was wrong I was like what is their problem but it's me I know another thing of this rain and trigger time is I'm a narcissist and it's really painful and shameful and craneful to admit it I don't like it. I don't like how it 
feels anymore. I don't like how it's stopped me from getting to know people I really want to get to know. But I'm so afraid that if they know me, they will not like me. That I just pretend to be extremely self-absorbed, even to myself, and just not really care. (sighs) Asking questions. Asking interesting questions. Dear humans, I study you in books, but in flesh you scare me. Of course, I have people that are very close to me, that I love, and yes, even them at times, I feel like they are an alien who do not know me and do not see me and do not perceive me. And I've yet to this day understood that every time I feel that disconnected, it is a reflection of how afraid and triggered and anxious I am about something that has nothing to do with them. Mm, Juice. I have no idea how this will feel or apply in the making. And what I love about this possibility is the narrative around rejection. Because another fact of this fear of humans and love and connection and not good at connecting is the undercurrent of rejection. You know those people that are so afraid of being rejected that they reject because they rather be rejected by themselves than have someone else reject them or make sure that you establish all the movements and maps and routines so that the other person that you're in dance with eventually leads and performs a rejection onto you. I'm one of those people. It's called abandonment issues. Mm -hmm. And it's so complex because... Again, with the blind spots. Let's take this example. I take someone not giving me attention like a personal offense. And it gets more twisted. For instance, I'm living with uh, my mother and her partner. And I've been a little bit overwhelmed at the amount of attention that in my world her partner needs from me which is extremely narcissistic, but that's how I feel. Follow me here. And so she has been traveling, and I've made sure, because of my body language, my attitude, that I've communicated quite clearly that I want my space. And obviously it took a few days, one or two, for 
him to understand. And today I come home and he gives me my space, right? Awesome, right? You're like, yeah, awesome. Uh-uh. For me, I was like, oh my God, he's not wanting my attention? Why? Is he upset? What has happened? I felt rejection. And then, thank you, Rain, I was like, whoa. I am twisted. Like, he is doing exactly what I asked him to do in my passive-aggressive way. And now that he's doing it, I'm feeling rejected. That is so fucking trippy, isn't it? Well, it's brilliant to me because I do it all the time. And I'm so grateful that I am learning and learned this through him and not uh, a partner you know, because I haven't been able to have a partner long enough because of this kind of dynamic. So even though it was painful and confusing and ridiculous, I'm quite inspired. I am inspired. I mean, I don't know if I will change, but let me tell you, I am getting to know myself, which is pretty awesome. And this is kind of the message of this week to fuck standards, to fuck all the ways in which you have been taught or believe that you need to be, to just really look at how you are and react to triggers and not be so focused in like changing or becoming different or reacting different to your triggers quite so just understanding your triggers and asking your triggers the right questions and doubting what your triggers tell you I mean this after they've happened right Um, and I just find it so exciting and I've shared it with a few people who have shared their stories, and I think we can get on the fun bus with this stuff. Also, the fun bus could start really running if you shared your experiences on kind of the questions you ask your triggers and send them my way to mentalpopcorntime at gmail.com. That would be awesome because I'm curious and maybe together in the attempt to make sense of it all, we can come up with a set of questions that guide us through a deepening relationship with our triggers, no longer in attempt to fix or change who we are but more in attempt to explore the preciousness of ourselves a little bit deeper, like water of a duck's mug. Indeed. Thanks so much for tuning in to this third episode of Survival Kit for the Mental with San Canesa. It's been such a treat. Thank you for the space. 
Thank you for the time. Please write to me so we can continue to make episodes together. I don't want to feel lonely. I want to be close to you. Till next time. Lot of love. Bye. And with a desire to create the survival kit for community and fun and why not, right?